Welcome to the Calvary St. George's Sermon Podcast, proclaiming the historic faith of Christ and Him crucified. These podcasts are recorded and produced by the Parish of Calvary St. George's in the city of New York. For more information about our ministries, head to calvarystgeorges.org. It's the Feast of the Epiphany. It's the season of the Epiphany. And Thursday was the feast. Today we celebrate the baptism of our Lord. And we might ask ourselves, rightly so, why does Jesus get baptized? Why do we celebrate this day? You and I most desperately need a baptism for the forgiveness of sins. But why is Jesus, why is the God-man undergoing the baptism of John? It's a great question, and it has a lot to do with what our season means. The season of the Epiphany is all about showing forth the glory of God in Jesus Christ. So God's glory made known in Jesus. How is God's glory made known in Jesus being baptized? Once again, he's without sin. He still goes in the waters. Put on your history caps for a second. Maybe you paid attention when they were teaching the ancient Roman lessons. But in the ancient world, the seas, the waters, the oceans, these are perceived as the realm of chaos, of everything that could go wrong. Now, good Jews, when they think of the waters, what do they think of? They think of the waters that were parted at the Exodus. So, there's this notion of the waters being the symbol of chaos and the waters being something that were conquered to make safe the people of God. Jesus goes into the water. In another gospel account, John's like, I need you to be baptized by you, not you by me. And he gets it, right? He knows he's a sinner, just like you, just like me. But he knows that this Jesus man is the long-expected one. He is the Messiah. What are you doing? And we see this throughout the gospel accounts, right? People constantly saying to Jesus, no, no, this is not the way it's supposed to be. And yet Jesus is going to have his way. Our Lord is going to do things on his terms. If the waters symbolize chaos, and we really see this in Eastern Orthodox iconography, next time you see an icon of Jesus being dunked in the waters of baptism, you'll notice that under the waters are these creatures And the creatures symbolize all of the pagan gods, the gods that brought about disorder, the gods that were capricious, the gods who were not for humans. And what this iconography is showing to us is that Jesus, by going into the waters, has begun the work that he will ultimately accomplish on the cross. What does he accomplish on the cross? He destroys the powers of sin and death forever. 
Here in the baptism, going down into the water is a picture of the death and resurrection of Christ. Jesus going down into the waters, a symbol of his death, and then rising up again because the waters could not contain him. Chaos has no hold on him the way it does for you and me. Oh, this Lord, this God-man has the power over death and over sin. And so what do we celebrate with this great epiphany of the baptism of our Lord? The one who did not need the forgiveness of sins undergoes the baptism of the forgiveness of sins. Again, a picture of what he will accomplish for you and for me. This is not something that we do. It's not even something that we contribute to. All of our righteous deeds are like filthy rags, says St. Paul. No, the picture of the baptism of Jesus is the best news of all, or at least it points to it. That there is one whom death could not hold. There is one who has the power over capital S sin, the sin that makes everything in our world go amok, the capital S sin that grips us at times, right? Think about the New Year's resolution that you made, that thing that you're trying to give up that you've maybe, you know, what are we, 10 days in, you've already stumbled, I made a resolution, I've already failed, good for you if you haven't. The baptism of Jesus shows us what he is going to do and has done on the cross. And it's good news for you and me. It shows us that he is conquering sin and death. It shows us that he has won for us the forgiveness of sins. But what's more, what's even better and too good to be true is that this voice that we hear from the heavens. You are my son, the beloved. With you I am well pleased. In our baptisms, we get incorporated into Christ's baptism. And this voice says these words over you and me. We are the beloved. In us, God is well pleased. Now, I don't know about you, but I am really, really good at displaying a mask and making everything look like I'm doing well, I'm competent, this and that. Oftentimes it's not really true. Oftentimes there's something beneath the surface. What this voice says, by virtue of Christ's work, that we're incorporated into in baptism is that you are a beloved daughter. You are a beloved son. No matter what you've come here with this morning, you are beloved, and because of the work of Christ, despite everything, with you and with me, he is well pleased. My friends, if there's anything that Jake and I have been trying to tell you for these 15 years and these eight years is this. The gospel is too good to be true. 
Just think about it. All those voices in your head. The voices that you're not enough. The voice that you'll never measure up. Whatever that voice is for you. And a lot of the time it's a lie. Other times, yeah, I really did fall short. But the good news of the gospel is this. Those words are not the final word. The final word is this. You are my beloved child. I'm in love with you. With you, I am well pleased. And we don't just see this in the New Testament. If you were paying attention in the Isaiah reading, in that song that Camel plays so often that I love, because of the work of Christ, we have this promise. Do not fear, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by name. You are mine. That's what that means. You are his. I am his. Because we are precious in his sight and honored. And I love you. These are the words of Almighty God to you and to me. And next time you wake up in the morning, this, maybe this is true for you. It's definitely true for me. I, all my defenses are down when I wake up in the morning. All of the condemnation in my head, all of the thoughts that I don't measure up, all of the realizations of the betrayals that I've inflicted upon other people, they come to the surface. And I hear those voices, and they are real, and they feel like the only voice in town. And I know that for some of you in this room, you carry that voice with you everywhere you go. In the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, by virtue of what he's done, not what you've done, and you have nothing to add to it, you are beloved. You are his child. We have nothing to fear. In fact, this good news allows us the freedom to be, to live, no longer run by those voices in our head, but by this voice. Despite everything, he loves us and is moving towards us. He is our father. And for some reason, with him, and we are well-pleasing in his sight. So my friends, this is, this is it. If you're new here, forgive me for the waterworks that choked up. This is, I'm being called somewhere else. After eight years, I'm moving somewhere else, but these have been the eight best eight years of my life. Look at you guys. You're, you're my favorite people. I'll take you wherever I'm going. I want to thank Jake, who's made my work so easy. He's been preaching the gospel for 15 years. A lot of times when you preach the gospel, people are like, it's too good to be true. Here, it wasn't because he paved the way. Thank you for taking me on seven years ago. Camel, I mean, I don't care how good the music is where I'm going. There's no way it's going to be as good as what Camel does. Choir, everyone. 
I didn't know what I was saying this morning, but I said to the first service, you're my favorite. And you are. But the good news of the gospel, the good news of the baptism of Jesus, the death and the resurrection, is that no goodbye in Christ is final. And I'm going to be back in April for Mockingbird, so you'll see me soon. But thank you. And I'm really excited about hearing where this church is going. And I'm going to be your champion from afar. I love you. Amen. Thank you for listening to our sermon podcast, produced and recorded at the Parish of Calvary St. George's in the city of New York. If you feel led to support the continuing ministry of our parish, we would really appreciate it. You can make a one-time or recurring gift by going to calvarystgeorges.org slash give. Thank you for your support.